everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. It's me. And it's me. Otherwise <laughs> known as Travis and Ashley proper. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's been a while. We had to remember that. Yeah. It's always it's always awkward coming back from a break. I feel like like you and I obviously talk on a daily basis, but it's always weird like having to sit down and formally talk to each other in this capacity. Why is that weird? I don't know. <laughs> No, there's some, always something awkward about that first sit down. And then by the time we really get in our rhythm, it's like, oh, it's time for break again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by the time we get good at it, it's time to stop. So two months away, uh, we quote unquote celebrated holidays. We didn't really celebrate holidays for obvious reasons, but. Well, and you just took down the Christmas tree last weekend. Uh, No, the Christmas tree is still up. <laughs> Wow, it's been there so As long. As of this recording, it's been it's there still so up. long. I don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> every every weekend, I think I'm going to take it down, and then I don't. But at the same time, um, I've been doing like this whole kind of redecorating slash makeover to the house. Um, one of uh, one of the important, you know, to bring down the room for a minute. One of the important lessons London taught me was she was never afraid to be who she was. She was always like, "This is me." If you don't don't like it to hell with you so I guess I thought that the best way to honor her was to be truer to myself and the town that we live in is full of a bunch of bougie ass people and I guess when we moved here I felt like I had to fit into that mold a little bit yeah there was so much pioneer woman shit going oh, on. oh for fuck's sake yeah and Radon. I'm really glad you agree that <laughs> And, you know, I, I wanted to have a place where if Isabel or London were going to have sleepovers, their parents could walk in and be like, oh, these are nice, safe white people, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, after all this, I was like, that's not me. That's that's not who I am. I, I like scary stuff. And why should it all like only be in our studio or in our bedroom? Why am I hiding that part of myself from everyone? So, yeah, giving the house a nice little makeover. And part of that makeover was our Christmas tree this year we my mom was absolutely fantastic and was like I bought your tree I bought your lights I bought your decorations um because my mom while she considers herself to be a Christian she is also not a bible thumper and does not rub that in my face so she bought me but us the black Christmas tree purple lights and we did an entire uh nightmare before Christmas themed tree because that was one of London's favorite things um I recently put up a video of her singing this is how Halloween and I thought that's it we're this is going to be London Christmas from now on till the end of time so we were happy with it and as a result I guess it kind of goes with the rest of the decor of the house so maybe that's why you don't notice it yeah that's probably right <laughs> I mean, because it's a cool tree. <laughs> you've been you've been working the hell out of that cricket. Oh yeah, for sure. My cricket's gotten to work out. But hey, I, I don't remember how much you spent on it. I think too much. When they first came out, they were quite a bit more than what they are now. And the thing has held up extremely well. Yeah, yeah, it's held up really well for sitting in here doing nothing for extended you periods know, of time. I like <clears throat> a marriage. I ebb and flow with it. I get where I'm obsessed with it for a little while, and then I back off of it for a little while and. <laughs> 
you know, but I would say here lately, it's, yeah, it's definitely seen some work. So, um, we had visitors. We did. We did. Oh God. I I know that we've probably ad nauseum talked about William Zena Rush on this show, but I don't care. I will continue to talk about them because they are our best friends more than that. I would at this point consider them to be the family we chose. So, um, was it last month? Yes. Yeah. Uh, last month. Yeah. They came down just in time for it to get cold in Texas. <laughs> right. They uh, flew Or they down. brought it with them from Pennsylvania. It's entirely possible. <laughs> they uh, they flew down from Pennsylvania so that we could do a, <laughs> no pun intended, group <clears throat> screening <laughs> of group. The the film that we were in last last summer? Was yes. It? Yeah, last summer. And invited uh, the lovely folks of Podmortem and their Patreons to sit in this with us. And, you know, it was a very small, intimate affair, but at the same time, it was still so super mind-blowing to be like, oh my gosh, we're going to a screening of a film that we so happened to be in. It was just, it's not something I would have ever pictured you and I being a part of. No, no. And I don't, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. And you know, I've heard of like, uh actors that refuse to watch their own films and then when we got to that segment where we're in it and i just wanted to like butt walk out (laughs) like i don't i don't want i can't see this i don't want to see this i think i audibly laughed out loud because it was just so like ridiculous to see us i guess it was weird and isabel um, god i'm glad he didn't ask me to say anything uh, Isabella and Aiden, even though they weren't there, they were very much a part of this film too in the minds of Bill and Zena, just because how did, I'm trying to think of how Zena put it, because they allowed their parents to go off and do this thing and, you know, they were talked about so much through that entire weekend that they they considered them being a part of it. And then obviously, um, in the scene, I was wearing an urn of London's remains around my neck so London got a credit in the film which I thought was fantastic and seeing her name in the title card at the end and Aiden and London Aiden and Isabel's was just oh man I I ugly cried I full-on Kim Kardashian ugly cried (laughs) but I did think it was funny that Isabel said well dad I saw you but I didn't see mom and I'm like yeah I'm that like half naked chick lying on the couch (laughs) but yeah but that's not all we did um got to go out and eat bill was introduced officially to tex-mex <laughs> um that oh my gosh i don't think bill's gonna mind me telling this story <laughs> i know Zena's is gonna love me telling it so you know i'm married to a very very white guy but at some point i dubbed him an honorary mexican just because he has eaten so much traditional mexican food and tex-mex throughout his life he has he has been kind of included in my culture throughout our marriage so at some point it was just bound to happen that being said travis in the 20 years that we have been together has eaten some of the spiciest foods i have ever seen and not not so much as batted an eyelash. The only time I have seen him freak out was in uh, what was it, ramen? Yeah, it was ramen. I I <laughs> overdid that a lot. I seriously underestimated how hot that was going to be. Yeah. So I, you know, I had never seen anybody really react badly apart from my own children. Well, Bill changed all of that. <laughs> we all went 
out to dinner one night and Bill was like, I have to find the spiciest salsa I can find. So, and I, I almost felt bad for the poor waitress because he's just like... I I need whatever you have the spiciest and of course there's a little bit of a language barrier there so he's doing his best trying to get that point across yeah, and you could have helped that long <laughs> and chose not to I could have but I was just no I'm gonna let Bill do this you would rather watch someone struggle <laughs> I was I was like that Michael Jackson gif eating the popcorn. I was just having a blast with it. So, um, yeah, it was hilarious. And Bill's like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And Aiden, you had you had made it there yet because you were on your way home from work. But Aiden decided he was gonna partake with Bill. And so Aiden's like, "Yeah, you know, this it's a little spicy or whatever." Like, yeah, I can definitely feel it now. And I'm looking at Bill as we're sitting and we're having conversation and I noticed that he is just getting redder by the second and then I start to notice a little drop of sweat start on his head and by the time he got done eating for that night the sweat was just coming down in buckets (laughs) this is what spontaneous human combustion looks like (laughs) and I'm just sitting there like trying so hard to be polite and not laugh but at the same time I was dying Okay, so in defense of Bill, <clears throat> the hot sauce there, they make it there. Um, so a lot of times how hot it is depends on the peppers. Yes. A hundred percent. But I also feel like it's something you kind of have to get used to. Uh-huh. So that was his first time having it, and I understand his reaction. <laughs> So I'm not laughing. It was, I, I'm, I'm laughing. I know you're, I'm I know laughing. You I know you are. <laughs> but you know. I'm just saying it's normally something you get acclimated to over time. Yeah. But, but apart from that, we had, we had an amazing visit. Um, Zena is like my best friend in the whole world at this point. Um, it was cool just to sit and visit with them. And, you know, obviously uh, it was nice to have somebody to talk to about, you know, what we're going through and having not only a friendly ear but a compassionate ear you know for all of that so it was it was one of the best visits we'd ever had yeah. and and uh, before the screening we got to go have dinner with the pod mortem we crew sure did yeah and hang out with them for a while which was which was neat because last time we got to see them in person was at texas frightmare weekend and of course everybody's kind of going and doing their own thing um so we didn't really get to spend any time with them but we we did get to see them mm-hmm. uh, for dinner yeah so that was cool yeah really really cool i would just the whole again the whole experience experience was just very surreal and exciting and yeah I, I it was it was definitely one of the highlights of this year for sure and it was boozy it was definitely boozy we did get our booze on <laughs> It was, I had, I hadn't drank that much in one weekend than I could ever tell you. Cause again, not much of a drinker, but oh man, did I tear it up that weekend. You did. <laughs> there was one point you and Zena and Bill had gone on, not you and Zena and Bill, you, Zena and Aiden had tried to find us some dinner and I'm sitting and I'm trying to have a conversation with Bill and I'm so fucking drunk that I'm just sitting there thinking, please do not let me throw up all over this man's shoes <laughs> that I'm just getting to properly meet and have a proper conversation with. If I throw up, I'm just going to be mortified. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. <laughs> no, but it was nice. It was really nice getting to just hang out because last time we'd seen them, obviously they were making a film. So right. I think we were just both of the mind that important shit's happening and we need to kind of stay out of the way. Exactly. Um, 
So it was nice. It was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And getting to watch the film, um, I, I fully intend for us to cover it at some point when it's out proper. Um, the film was terrific. All of the awards that it's getting right now, because right now it's making its way around the award circuit, it's it's just terrific. Well, I mean, there's... And, there's and so well-deserved. There's one really short segment where there's some dude playing a guitar. <laughs> and I thought, how did the editor miss that? <laughs> Yeah, and some some chunky woman laying topless on a couch. Yeah, just to take that out. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I'm I'm so proud of the entire cast and crew and Bill and Zena for the end result because um, barring that we're in it and that London plays such an important part in it, it's still a terrific film. The 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 performances were just fantastic, and it's such a great story. And getting to be a part of that and seeing what went into that, it made it a much more enriching experience so so is that it for the news is that all the news no what i was going to say and speaking of enrichment if you would like to feel enriched <laughs> enriched enriched <laughs> oh please consider heading over to our patreon uh you don't you don't have to do anything but basically just help show us support show us some love you can send whatever you want there's no cap there's no minimum just send whatever you want so we can continue to keep bringing you content like this very awkward content but i don't know that you want to pitch this as the example <laughs> But moving on to our announcements before we get on with the show, um, we have decided amongst the two of us, and this might break some hearts, maybe not, maybe you're like, oh, thank God, um, or hail Satan, whichever you prefer. Uh, we decided as a team that we are going to forego Pillow Talk, at least for the time being. And um, it was something that we thought would be fun to do in the beginning, you know, answer listener questions and take on topics but the more we got to talking about it that just never picked up the steam that we would have liked and it was really kind of overwhelming us schedule wise to include that in there and honestly unless you're prompted with a question there's only so many topics you can talk about you know down to hey do you remember elementary school lunches you know and it was just kind of getting to that territory so what we have decided to do is is if you want to send in questions, we will start answering them at the end of the show. So again, sorry if that hurts any feelings. Just, yeah, <laughs> not getting enough. Show must go on. <laughs> no, that just means that when Karima sends in a question, she can make me uncomfortable on our normal show instead yes. of making me uncomfortable on our side show. <laughs> that too. But that is not why we're here today. We are, we're here. We're back. We're, we're, we're rested. We're excited to, uh, this season five like uh yeah is it yeah it's season five now God damn i know we've been doing this for like two years now can you believe that in october it was two years was it yeah wow that's pretty yeah it's pretty crazy i don't we know just how don't many... know when to quit do we <laughs> i don't know how many episodes we're up to yet but oh we've got a bunch yeah i mean i know we hit a hundred i think last a spring while ago last spring so yeah i don't know where that takes us to now more than that <laughs> definitely more than that but uh, today we are starting, uh, well, kicking off Sexy Month, quote unquote, with 1992's Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker, however you pronounce, uh, Dracula. So does anybody remember that time when we said, we think we're going to not do theme months anymore because <laughs> sometimes it's just too hard to find something that fits. 
Well, here we are, opening a new season with a theme month. You know what? In in the world of horror, there is no shortage of sexy films. So I thought that this would be a fun thing to do. We did it last year. It worked out. So I think the quality of films we covered last year was a little better. What? <laughs> you know what? There are two damn movies, <clears throat> today included, that I am super excited about. Okay. So. Okay. And I know that one of the films that we're going to cover... <laughs> Is one that you made me watch. Yes. I was bullied into watching it. You were not and bullied. I, that was probably, I had some of the strongest reactions that I've had to a film <laughs> in a long time. And I had some of the most intuitive responses. <laughs> like I was reacting to shit before it even happened because I could see what was coming and just no. So We're going to save that as the last episode of this month, though. I will tell Jesus, you. Jesus, that means I have to watch it again. Yeah, what's wrong with that? It'll be like my fourth time watching it. That If I don't watch it more times between now and then, because I probably will. <laughs> I will just say it is a very current movie that everybody has been talking about is very divisive and involves a bathtub and we'll just stop there. Gee, no one knows what you're talking about now. <laughs> Everyone who's seen this film knows exactly what you're talking about. Yes, because as we have stated before, Travis and I are going to branch out a little bit into the world of thrillers and, you know, maybe some dark comic book type stuff, so a little bit more sci-fi. Anything that's kind of in the dark realm is not, you know, not off limits. It's our show. We'll do what we want. Exactly. <laughs> but. Sort of. Travis, please talk about the film now. <laughs> the one you're going to make me do later or the one today? No, the one today. Okay. So, to begin Sexy Month, we're going we're gonna to cover Bram Stoker's Dracula. Horny Dracula. From 1992. And there's so much horniness in this film. <laughs> it is kind of appropriate for February, I, I just got to say. Um, clearly, some people were, were pent up when they made this film. Um, it stars, in no particular order, Gary Oldman playing Dracula. Uh, Winona Ryder is Mina Murray. Anthony Hopkins is Van Helsing. Keanu Reeves, national treasure, not to be confused with the Nick Cage version, plays Jonathan Harker. Um... Carrie Elwes, El El Elwes, Elwes. El oh my gosh! Stop it. The guy from Princess Bride <laughs> is Lord Arthur Holmwood. Uh, Billy Campbell plays Quincy Morris. Now, wasn't was Billy Campbell the Rocketeer with yes. the other guy? Yeah. Um, I watched that movie. Kind of sad that I'm admitting that. Sadie Frost was plays Lucy. Tom Waits is Renfield. Although I don't. don't you can get into Renfield later. I'll talk about him later. Um, and that's like that's the big cast. No, it's not. You're right. You're I left out Monica Bellucci. Oh my God. <laughs> No. Another hint for our last film of the month is that this film also stars Richard E. I can't remember his last name. I wanted to say Graves. Is that right? Okay. Well, yes. Grant. Richard Grant. Grant. Graves? Where the fuck did I get Graves from? <laughs> I don't know. Richard E. Grant. So that's your final hint for the movie. Yeah. Because we will, we will have covered two of his films this month and we did not do that on purpose. That was a happy accident. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to finish my other thought monica bellucci plays one of dracula's brides there were two her other and her titties too <clears throat> there were two other people there too um so this, it was directed by francis ford coppola which i didn't know this just doesn't seem he doesn't he hasn't done a lot of horror i think he's only done like three or four um and so usually when i think coppola you think the godfather right i had or no idea uncle of nicholas cage or if That's he does it important. if he does it he sticks his name on it right and right. his name's not on it so i don't know written by bram stoker and james v hart obviously they were not in the same room together 
bathroom when they did that. Uh, <laughs> James Hart wrote the adaptation. So. This is, I would say, a loose adaptation. So I feel like in the beginning it follows the book fairly closely. It's been a long time since I read it. Um, because most of the book is letters that are written back and forth, you know, between Jonathan and Mina. Mm-hmm. Um, diary entries, that sort of thing. But at some point they have to deviate and turn it into an actual film. Right. Um, we can't just do a scene with someone sitting there not talking and ghost eyes in the sky behind them. Right. Because fuck. <laughs> it's impossible to overuse an effect like that. Anyway. So, what was your first impression? Oh my gosh. Uh, I cannot for the life of me remember the first time I saw this film at all. I, d- I don't know about you, but I truly cannot remember. Um, I do, however, remember the first time I watched it that I was just immediately smitten with it. Um, It is... <sighs> I don't know. It, it, it's hard to put in terms how I feel about it, but I just love a gothic aesthetic. I love very dark films that kind of go against the grain of what you expect. You know, this is not your grandfather's Dracula. This is not, you know, the kind of campy Bella Lugosi, sorry to who I offend, style of Dracula. This is so much more dark and nihilistic and, and at the same time so romantic that it's, yeah, it immediately induced just I don't know I was completely enthralled we'll say that it was taken a lot more seriously and it 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 started my love affair with Gary Oldman so because <laughs> up to that point I think the only thing I'd ever seen him in was the fifth element and with a hairstyle like that that's you know <laughs> right right yeah, but I think in, in the world of, of vampire movies, you get stuff like Interview with a Vampire and Dracula Untold. And uh, of course, you get the original. Dracula Untold. Yeah. Gross. Why would you include that? Because it's at the list on the list I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you get, you know, movies like that or just vampire-esque movies like Dust Till Dawn mm-hmm. that they kind of just took the basic premise of the vampire and turned it into something completely different. That's not, right. that's only, the only way it's related to the novel is that it has a vampire in it. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of another one that they actually tried to tell the story. Uh, well, and don't at me, bro. Um, another one that comes to mind where they tried to have that lore was Dracula 2000. Um, again, very, very sexy Dracula, but it was another one that kind of played hard and fast with the rules of that lore by introducing Christianity into it. Right, so. right. But I mean, other than that, you had uh, Bella Lugosi, that one, and then the other guy, the one that I think of all the time, uh, the other old Dracula. Oh, uh, Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee, yes. And, yeah, and there's one line that uh, he delivers in this, but the one that, that Gary Oldman Listen to them, gives, children of yeah. the night, what music they made. And he says it, and I always think he said it wrong, because the one in my head is uh, Christopher Lee. Right. No. Or is it Bella, Bella Lugosi? Because yes. that's the one I always think of. Right. Uh-huh. Anyway. You were, you shame on your cow. I- <laughs> <laughs> you bring shame to your cow I'll and your family. Dan- I'll do the dance of shame <laughs> what about you oh i have no idea i have no idea my, my wait a minute i was probably a teenager when i watched this the first time oh so that's that's so where I your what, fond memories of my, monica bellucci began. i know what my first impression of this film was um that's as far as i'm gonna go with that <laughs> So I I will say that this was kind of your first time watching it proper. Oh, since definitely. Then. So what what were your first impressions this time? Uh, so okay, I think probably when I first watched, it, I thought, man, this is so cool and the effects and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But now that we've watched films and I've had to actually pay attention to films, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. It's definitely, which I don't know if you'd say it's dated in terms of the effects work and stuff that's in there. Don't be wrong. Your practical effects, costumes, makeup, um, wardrobe, all on point. It falls apart on the visual effects side for me. Okay. I think a lot of it was just overused. Um, like the blue flame rings and shit. And we'll talk about that more later outside Dracula's castle. I feel like they, they... I don't know. Maybe they spent so much money on everything else that they didn't really have much left to invest in that. This was 1992. This was like CG still was not where it was at. Right. Like this is around the time of Jurassic Park. Where, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the whole like eyes in the sky thing, didn't they also do that in the Christopher Lee movie? And it looked know. about the same as it did in this one. I don't know. I've never watched any of the Hammer I'm, films. I'm just saying <laughs> that they, I don't know. It's like you're watching something that's really good and it and it just t- takes me out of it. Um, one thing though that I did like about this that I know I would not have noticed uh, when I watched it the first time is I really enjoy the color palette. Mm-hmm. I like the Same. really bright colors uh, and they use so much red. It, mm-hmm. It's The red and oranges. Yeah. yeah I, I really like mm-hmm. that. And so you get, I don't know, it's like the bright colors are an indication of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you're back in London, and I think I pointed it out to you, uh, when Mina's writing her letter to Jonathan while he's in Transylvania, I said, that color palette makes it look like an episode of Bonanza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, it's very normal. Mm-hmm. Right. And nothing, nothing fantastical is happening here it's yeah. just normal everyday life mm-hmm. and the colors kind of reflected that but as you get uh, more of your fairy tale creatures sort of encroaching on it then they they turn up the volume right. as it were yeah. with yeah. the color mm-hmm. and in the end of the film obviously when they're when they're uh, staking lucy the colors are just front and center mm-hmm. again so I like I like the use of color, and that's okay. definitely not something that I would have noticed the first time around. All right. Uh, so, how do you feel about the story? <laughs> are we skipping cast and crew? You already did cast and crew. Well, I mean, I just said who was in it. Yeah. I guess we'll get down to that. That's how we always do. Yeah, anyway. no, no, whatever. <laughs> Um, I don't know. The story is the story. It's a classic novel. Um, I feel like they did, they took liberties with the story for sure. But I think a lot of it was more with the action scene. Cause I'm pretty sure the overall, um, you know, the real estate agent goes to Transylvania, mm-hmm. Dracula comes mm-hmm. to London. I mean, I feel like it, it all probably follows pretty close, but I think, you know, it's the dialogue and the action scenes and stuff like that, that they took a lot of liberties with. So yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine with the, the story as it is. It's, there so, wasn't anything offensive in there. No, I just meant like uh how how do you feel about it being more of a romance as opposed to just a monster killing people um i think if you read the the novel it is kind of more of a romance i think that well the, i've never i've never read it i so. think that the whole turning it into horror is something when they started turning it into movies mm-hmm. uh, where they focused on the horror because mm-hmm. they didn't want to get labeled a, a horny movie which is exactly <laughs> what this one exactly what this one did yeah um yeah so i, I feel like yeah i i like that angle of it I I guess. Um, I know a lot of people, you, you've got two different sides. You're on two different sides of the fence. You you have your people that enjoy the more romantic side of that story. But then you have other people that, you know, they're like, oh, I'm so sick of these vampire romances. I just want to see vampires fucking slaughtering people, you know, a la From Dust Till Dawn, that style. And those are fun. And I do have a good time watching those. Um, watching something like 30 Days of night where those vampires are just fucking brutal. I I do enjoy movies like that, but you know, at the end of the day, I am a romantic at heart, so I enjoy a gothic love story too, you know, that's why I enjoy things like Hellraiser and stuff. There's something about a twisted love story that just is always going to get me where I live, so I very much enjoyed that aspect of it. In terms of 
the story itself with the character of Draculia. Um, I liked that we explored this big arc with him as far as his renouncing of God and his wanting to avenge Mina. That, I, I think maybe that's what got me on first viewing more than anything else was that he lost the love of his life and was willing to completely renounce his faith because he loved this woman so much. And that's one of those movies you watch where you look over at your significant other and you're like, you wouldn't renounce God for me, ass. <laughs> you know, I I very much enjoyed that part of it. And he's, he's complicated. I feel like he's a layered villain also in that, yes, he's kind of doing these shitty, horrific things around Mina. For instance, what he does to Jonathan, um, slaughtering a, a, an infant, um, what he does to Renfield, he's kind of doing all these shitty things to the people nearest to Mina. And he shagged her best friend. And he did shag and turn her friend into a, a vampire. And he did it while he was a werewolf bat thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that, I guess he's supposed to be like a werewolf. He was a, um, yeah, a, a werewolf, a werewolf with a bat <laughs> face. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, either way, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But while he's doing these things, you get that he, it's, it's like a chess game where he's setting up all these things exactly perfectly to get back in her orbit and you can see how in love with her he is and that everything he do does is very calculated and meanwhile while he's setting all this stuff up to be with her he does have those moments of yes this is what I want ultimately but at the same time I love you so much that I don't want to damn you the same way that I am and meanwhile you're kind of getting that same thing with Mina in that she loves Jonathan. That's been made very obvious, but at the same time, she can't quite pull herself away from this mysterious stranger who she seems to remember on some level that she had this other life with him. And your first love is your first love. So ultimately, she loved this man before anyone. She's just in now encountering those memories of it. So you feel where she's torn between these two men that she loves and her faith in God, but also wanting to be pulled over to this dark side. It's I, I thought that those layers were very, very neat to see and and be with them going through that, I guess. So. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess, to watch Dracula change, sort of. Because in the beginning, it's all about me, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And you never know. He didn't know anything about Mina until Harker got there. Um, so we don't know what his original motivation for going to London was and buying up all that property to begin with. And you never find out because he was what, buying 10, 10 different places. At some point, Jonathan asked him if he's just trying to drive up the the property values right uh, which you never that's never answered because he sees the picture of Mina and he gets completely distracted by it but his motivation initially is completely selfish he just it's mine right he mm -hmm. sees her and it, and that's his thought is mine mm -hmm. and so he he begins to take out everyone in her life that distracts her from him and uh and at some point he realizes but what about what she wants right. what about what's right mm -hmm. for her and it's a uh, it's an interesting turn i feel like they didn't spend much time on it though because it kind of happens all at once you know um no, I need you to well, it's, it's, <laughs> elaborate. It's when he she's sucking the blood out of his claymation chest. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's when he's you know, he's like, oh, wait a minute, maybe not. Actually, no. Um, at the the carnival or whatever the, the theater thing, mm-hmm. he's his eyes turn all red and he's about to bite her, and then he's like, mm, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that transition until like the last ten minutes of the film. Yeah, at, and it's like a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, they really didn't dedicate too much time to that development of characters. Right. Like all of a sudden, he realizes what he's done. Something else that I found interesting as far as character development is you I mean I'm it me maybe maybe I'm alone in this but I feel like you don't necessarily know who's good or who's bad there's the people that are on the side of good in conquering evil but they're very flawed characters so I feel myself kind of rooting more for Dracula and Mina than I do the other people around her you know because they exhibit a lot of disgusting behavior throughout the film. Um, if you're talking about, like, like let's t- let's talk about um, Van Helsing for a minute. While Anthony Hopkins was obviously having a blast and gave a terrific performance, I was not really on board with his character at any point. He's definitely not sympathetic to anyone else. I mean, he's got that drive that he's going to go after Dracula, right? Which yes. is obviously, he's going after Dracula and that's why he was giving a demonstration at a school instead of out there hunting Dracula. That didn't make sense to me when he says, I've been looking for this thing my whole life. Mm-hmm. No, you were you were at school showing off. That's what you were doing. You, right. were, you weren't looking for anything. Talking about funny syphilis. Yeah. Yeah. Syphilization, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as he called they, it. <laughs> they, probably, they probably should have done something else with that. But yeah, he's definitely, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Yeah. At he, all. Yeah, it's, it's a means to his own end, it feels like. And while he is trying to help people, so he says, it feels like it comes from a very, I'm going to help you as long as you don't get in my way type of scenario. So in that way, he is almost like Dracula a bit himself. And maybe that's why his character admires Dracula the way he does. They're both very driven individuals and at the cost of people around them sometimes. So yeah, I wasn't necessarily rooting for his character at any point. Um, He's an asshole for a lot of the time. He really is. But the performance is also funny because it's delivered so dryly that you can't help but laugh. You know, when they're asking, you know, what they did with um, Lucy's body, he just describes what he did with no compassion whatsoever. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, if I was going to throw a rock at the the story, um, I guess it would kind of be that. I think maybe he was supposed to be funny, like that was intentional for him to be funny, Uh but he didn't really come off as funny. He just came off as being an asshole. Right. Yeah. And it, it felt out of place, mm-hmm. you know, for him to to be saying that shit. Well, I'm gonna cut out. I'm gonna cut out her heart and chop off her head. Yeah, like like and it's that, nothing. Like and everybody's just trash. like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" Yeah. Um, and he, he delivered it with, it, it was too light, I guess, the way he delivered it. Had, had he been a more serious delivery where we're not trying to make it funny, mm-hmm. then then I feel like it would have fit better with the rest of the film. But right. I've seen places, other films like that, where they're like, well, we need to throw a little comedy in here to lighten things up, but it just doesn't necessarily work. And it's not that the actor or actress did a poor job. It's just, eh, it was kind of out of place in the setting. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, but you got the junkie doctor. Well, I was going to say, we also have the, the three suitors for Lucy. And maybe barring Carrie Elwes' character, because I didn't really necessarily pick out anything gross or cringy with him. He's just sort of a pompous ass. He just seems very lovelorn with her. You know, that he's... The, the sweetest thing I saw was that he saw that... Said that he was, he was willing to give his last drop of blood to Lucy in order to heal her. Other than that, he... He's just genuinely concerned with what's happening to her. So I couldn't really find any rocks to throw at his character. But, what um, about Quince? Quincy? Quin- Quincy. Quincy. Which one is Quincy? Is that Richard he's Grant? The ca- or- he's the cowboy. Okay. The cowboy. Billy Campbell. Got it. Um, His behavior really threw me off balance when he's first introduced because Lucy... <laughs> she knows how to manipulate men. She really does. Um, she, You know, when she enters a room, play uh, I know what boys like when she yeah. when she walks in and that is exactly how she behaves and she knows exactly what she's doing and well, she says as much to Mina before she yeah. goes over there and starts telling him how big it is yeah it's so big can, can I, I touch, touch it? it um yeah <laughs> she was talking about his knife but yes his Bowie knife not his dick <laughs> but he says this line to her little girl oh little girl if I held your hand and you kissed me like <laughs> yeah it came across so gross. And even Van Helsing at one point, when they go in, you know, her tits are all ablaze as she's writhing on the bed. And he's like, she's just a child. The way those men kind of infantilize her, I found it really gross. So, yeah. So his it, that kind of, I don't know, gave me the skeeves a lot, at least with Quincy's character. Okay. So what got me with Quincy's character is after she's already engaged to Elvis and he's still there. Yeah. Why are you still here? Arthur. Carrie is Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Lord like, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> like she's, when the, the doctor, it makes sense because he was her doctor, I guess, before. Right. He just also wanted to sleep with her. Yes. Or marry her. And yeah. So it kind of made sense for him to still be around because at least he has a legitimate business reason for being there. Right. But why the fuck was the cowboy still there? I have no idea. Like she just, so I get it. The three of you were having a race and you lost. Um, why did you hang around? Maybe he was hoping she'd change her mind. Like, get was in- he hoping they were really open-minded? <laughs> Like getting some orgy action or something? I'm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and he stays all the way to the end. Yeah. Like he yeah. ends up dying. Mm-hmm. But why was he? I'm like, I'm going, all right, fuck it. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. Yeah. I'll take my big knife and go home. <laughs> and they had to make him from, And they had to make him from Texas. Why did they have to make him from Texas? He could have been any generic cowboy. He didn't have to be from here. Texas. Because I'll tell you what, if there's anything we know, it's when you you, you got to go home. And that that was it right there. Do we? Yes. We have the Southern goodbye. Well, he would have said bye for like two and a half hours, but then he would have left. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, what what's Richard Grant's name? I can't remember the character's name. The doctor. The doctor. We're yeah. just gonna we're, we're just gonna, gonna call him the doctor. Just keep it generic. Um, yeah, and he was. I, I actually uh, we're we're not talking about acting, but we might as well. I didn't necessarily have a problem with him either. Uh, thought he was fine. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it was just Quincy that gave me the skeeves. Yeah. Well, I mean, you find out pretty early on that the doctor has a substance abuse problem. Yeah. And so I think maybe some of his behavior after that you just sort of attribute it to his issue right so i i guess to make a a long story shorter (laughs) 
Too late. Was that you kind of don't know who to side with in this story a little bit. As far as um, Jonathan Harker goes, the dude, he just seems to have a raw deal through the entire movie, barring, you know, uh, Dracula's daughter's orgy type scenario happening. Okay, but to be fair, he didn't necessarily get a choice in that. That's that's also fair. He was a prisoner. And at one point they say that Dracula gave him to them. Yeah. To hold him captive while he went to shag his fiance. Yeah. But I don't know that, as, as shitty as it sounds, I don't know that Jonathan was given enough to do that would necessarily really put you on his side or really sympathize with him. He just feels like the obstacle between Dracula and Mina for well, me. He wasn't even really that big an obstacle. Yeah. I mean, even all the way up to the end, he wasn't an obstacle. <laughs> Everyone else was, except for him. He just stood there looking like Christopher Walken in that weird Batman movie with his weird ass gray hair. Oh my gosh. That turned back to normal color at the end. Yeah. So I guess that's my thing with the story. That's a long, long winded. Covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. So you already touched on special effects. I did. A little bit. A little bit. Um, You want me to touch it some more? (laughs) Why not? This is the horny movie after all. We'll just keep touching it. Yeah. Um, I... I guess I we, we won't spend too long on this because I feel like you kind of already covered it um, in that some everything that they did, like you said, costume wise um, was fucking fantastic. The creature effects were really fantastic. Um, the things that they did with Gary Oldman's character in that he was probably under loads and loads of prosthetics, but you could still tell that it was him. And I think if it had been another actor, it wouldn't have worked as well. But since he is the caliber of actor that he is, and keep in mind, at this time, he was still not quite as big as he is now. But at the time, you still knew that you were dealing with a terrific actor. And even if he's under all of this prosthetic, you can still see his performance being conveyed through that. It doesn't matter what he's under. Um, Being in the werewolf makeup and saying, no, don't see me, you can tell, you know how he's feeling um and he as his older self his older version with titty head or xenomorph hair as i call it because if you look from the back it's like the two things of the head and then a long tail yeah really looks like a xenomorph um well face hugger i'm sorry why did i say xenomorph? i don't it looks like a face hugger But his, his, the makeup work is so fucking creepy that I feel like when you talk about his performance as Dracula, um, that's the first image people think of is that hair and that creepy face and the long fingernails. Like it's, sorry to use your hated word. It, it's iconic. It's an iconic look. It's, it's instantly recognizable for that actor. I'll give you that one. Um, and all of the different transitions they did from him turning into mist, him turning into a bat, turning into a wolf, to a pile of rats. Some of that, to me, was so seamless. And he, even the scene in the cinematograph, is that how he says it? Cinematograph? I, I think that's right. Um, when he is about to bite Mina and he, he turns his head up to camera and you just see the teeth slowly descend. I'm still like, how the hell did they do that? You know, I, you know, I haven't watched any behind the scenes stuff or the making of but that was such a fantastic effect yeah i i agree they they did they did work on the practical effects yeah the only thing that I have a problem with is the the visual effects they added in after. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I talked about before, 
I feel like the color palettes were great. Um, they clearly spent a majority of their budget on costumes yeah. um, and set dressing and stuff like that. Although there are several scenes where you can tell they didn't do any of it on location. Right. Uh, it was all saw, uh, shot on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly the outdoor scenes. You can't really notice it on the indoor mm-hmm. shots, but on the outdoor scenes, you can tell that it's they're on a set, not on not on a location of any kind. Because um, I think there was a movie that Coppola had done before that where he, he bl- basically blew his budget because he had insisted on doing everything on location and mm-hmm. it, it ate up a bunch of it. But yeah. Um, uh, but Sadie Frost, um, despite how I may feel about the character <clears throat> of Lucy herself, she was given some of the best looks of the film. That big red flowy gown thing she has as she's hot. going through the courtyard was looked so unbelievable on screen. It With the wind blowing and the rain, it looked fantastic. Her final look before they're going to kill her, her final vampire look with that big collar thing and oh my gosh, it she looked fantastic. I really like that. Yeah, just the, the, the paleness of her skin and the brightness of the red, like oh my god, I just ah, when I, I think I said when we watched it, it looks like something out of a Marilyn Manson music right. video. Yeah. Which he could have gotten that from this film. <laughs> I mean. Who knows? But yeah, she had some of the most fantastic looks that I, I had ever seen apart. Um, I would say her and Gary Oldman, they, they got the most for sure. Yeah. Um, His his kind of younger guy look that he had with the top hat and the suit and the, and the weird sunglasses, like even that, like I think you were telling me you were like, you know, he looks cool. <laughs> Even okay, yeah. Even if he was walking down the street dressed like that now. Well, maybe not at the age he is now, but uh, then. I would still hit that. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> you got yeah. Uh, <laughs> um I think women would still be interested with his gray suit and top hat and blue blue shades. I mean, they're definitely he would be attracting women that have a particular taste. Yes. <laughs> like you. Like me. <laughs> but I'd say he could probably still get some. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I know you had a complaint with the very first look he had. We had a difference of opinion on that. Uh, you're talking about the armor? Yes. I get what they're going for. They're maybe looking for like a raw muscle type of armor, but it just eh, it looked too plasticky to me. I Well, I plasticky aside, I think it's a really cool look. Yeah, it's not bad, but I just, it, yeah, it, it looked like plastic. It looked yeah. like he was wearing Tupperware. Yeah, there was something very Hellraiser-y about that, that this big exposed muscle. I uh, thought it was really cool. I, yeah, <laughs> I, like I said, I get what they were going for. I just don't know that the execution kind of went the way they wanted it to. Right. Um, but no, his makeup as um, old Dracula, he's fucking creepy. Yeah. And that's as much to do with his acting as it is the- He the, was the, deliciously the, creepy. The butt cheek <laughs> that he had going on up there. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was really good. I really like his vampire form, the bat form uh-huh. near the end. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty, that's pretty amazing. I don't know about the werewolf bat dog thing, <laughs> but it, it looked good. Yeah. It definitely looked good. Uh, but in that one and in the bat form, you mm-hmm. can both see where they had left the prosthetics off of his mouth, mm-hmm. sort of like it was sunken in where it was his natural mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure he wouldn't have been able to deliver lines or anything if they had covered him all the way up but i appreciate it that they did that yeah so that they it wasn't a dub or adr or some bullshit like that yeah yeah definitely and like you said just you could see that that play with colors i love the sunsets that they use throughout also um like at the, at the very beginning when they're showing the big battle scene it was uh very reminiscent of that scene in halloween 
three with the trick-or-treaters in black silhouette going in front of that orange queue. It was the same thing. It gave off the same thing. And I like the shadow puppet look yes. of it too. That yeah, was, I like that. That was really cool though. Anyway, but talking about getting in this gear of all these costumes and stuff, you would think that that would put you in proper character for your performances and help aid you in your performances and... Uh, I w- would say that there's maybe only a couple of really standout performances and the rest are kind of wah, wah. <laughs> so why don't we talk about that a little bit? Are we bit? moving on to acting now? Yes. All right. Because this film is notorious for one performance in particular being You bad. watch your mouth. <laughs> no, he is just a stuffy file clerk with a terrible British so... accent. It's pretty bad. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> uh, I can't say no. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk bad about him. <laughs> How did you feel about the performances overall? Overall, I feel like they were they were fine. Here's the deal. Oh listen, my gosh! Listen, give me a minute, okay? <laughs> um, I feel like Anthony Hopkins was just having a good time. I feel like a lot of his line delivery and stuff like that. It's fine because it's Anthony Hopkins. He, he's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was kind of still riding the high of coming off Silence of the Lambs, where he had to be super serious. And you could tell he was just having a good time with this film. And I don't think he was taking it terribly seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean with the way he he went about some of his stuff. Um, Carrie Elwes was Carrie Elwes. He he was almost his character in Princess Bride again. I was thinking I I could see shades of saw he was the in dread there. pirate roberts when he apart from his accent right because <clears throat> he comes in at one point he's like what are you doing y'all you yes. know and very I kept, very eric cartman <laughs> y'all and i kept thinking of uh saw when he's like i did not cheat on her yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other two potential suitors, they were okay. They were all right. Acting-wise, there wasn't anything wasn't anything terrible about it. I liked uh, I Richard f- D. Grant's performance. Yeah, I feel like... being very manic and cracked out. Yes, yes. I feel like Lucy's was a little over top at times, mm-hmm. um, but I will commend her on committing to the part. <laughs> um, and you know what? If you have to walk around mostly naked for that film... Oh my God. Like, that's got to add some stress. I, you know I, I would mean? love to know what notes they gave her for her character right. because she was by far the horniest character of the entire cast. Well, I'm just saying that if you... <laughs> She had a boob out in every scene. Just at about. least at least one boob hanging out in every scene. And that has to affect your ability to deliver a line when you're like, my titties out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I felt like everything she did, she was on the verge of orgasm. Oh, for sure. The entire time. Sure. Like every line delivery, every every like she's supposed to be in pain. She's not conveying that she's in pain. This is like a Hellraiser type situation where she's acting very, very in and she's enjoying herself. Yeah, like she was going to tell him to speed up or slow down at any moment. Because um, there is one scene in particular that is is fond to my heart because it involves with what I do for a living, and that would be the transfusion scene. And we were laughing because, first of all, the gauge of needle used was fucking ridiculous because I use between a 23 or 25 gauge needle every day on the job. And those are super teeny tiny thin needles. And even with those little baby ass needles Travis is still like ah no get it away I don't like it (laughs) and this I swear to God looked like it looked like one of those
of stainless steel Yeti straws. Like a, no, but it looked easily, like the lower gauge you go down, the bigger the needle is. And it easily looked like it had to have been at least a 16 or 14 or 12 gauge. That thing was it, double It up. was huge. And it made me cringe because you don't just, I mean, unless she just had a particularly good vein that was fucking bullseye, he just jammed that sucker in there like, like, okay, so we're not even going to attempt to see where her vein is. No, nah, just gonna stab it in the <laughs> Also, in the blood types meant fucking nothing. No, and you use a pump <laughs> so you can introduce a good amount of oxygen into the blood before you put yeah, it Yeah, bicycle pump. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. Makes sense. You're just like anybody and everybody that's willing to give Lucy blood. And I'm like, okay, I realized that we were as not as advanced at this point, but you could have killed her. I mean, this whole transfusion was pointless to begin with. But if you give someone the wrong blood type, you could kill them. That's why we do type and crosses, you know, in what we do to make sure that in what's called a retype following that, because if you, you find out what their blood type is, but then you have to go back behind it and come confirm it again because heaven forbid one person says they're AB negative or whatever and then another person says oh but they're O positive and then you give them O positive and they were actually AB negative to begin with You're, they're dead so sorry that's my little professional rant yeah, there so <laughs> so I, well, I appreciate your, your professional input in this I saw it and I went I'm pretty sure that's not how you do that <laughs> I, I think that's not how it goes you guys are doing this wrong uh, they didn't even use a tourniquet <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I just thought, mm, that's not right. So, um, but yeah, I agree with that. She acted like she was about to, oh, yeah, about that to was, orgasm. That was my point. Every time. When they jabbed the needle in her, she's like, oh, oh. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's like, never mind. She gets stuck with something else. Um, she just performed that way the entire time. And it, for her first role, because this was her first role, I think she did great. We've seen lots of first-time actors not do so hot. Well, again, I'm not I'm not complaining about she her performance. Did, she did well with what she was I'm, given. I'm thinking that they add, added many layers of difficulty to her role. Yeah, I'm just like, what did you tell her in terms of her yes. motivation and yes. what you wanted from her? Um, because, whoo! Yeah, so moving on to Winona Wright. <laughs> who was a lot less orgasmic. Um, she was fine. I... There wasn't anything terrible about it. Oh, no. she. I thought she did terrifically. If, if I had one stone to throw, it would be that I felt like her accent could have left room for improvement also because sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's it's you don't even notice. She does very well. And other times you're like, ah, I could have got a second or even third reading on that. Like it's yeah. a little over the top. I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I, don't, I think doing an accent any of any kind other than the one I already have would be unbelievably difficult. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. To make it convincing, mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't, I don't it, and that's the reason why people were talking shit about Keanu Reeves. I, I don't really care. Like he could have gone in there and delivered <laughs> it as Ted, and I would have been fine. Whoa, it's the man himself. It's fucking Dracula, man. <laughs> Um, he I am an is a creature of the night. <laughs> he, he could roll up to the castle and be like, I am a real estate agent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm in. That's perfect. I'll take it. So, so you have to understand, we in this house are all avid, avid Keanu Reeves lovers. Um, he is one person that Aiden and I can sit with our drool cups and Travis is like, I'm not even mad because I get it. <laughs> 
So I uh, I started, I was watching, me and Aiden were watching Point Break last night because Aiden had never seen it before. And I was going on and on with Aiden about the first five minutes of the film of him doing these drills all soaking wet and stuff. And Aiden was like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I get it. <laughs> and his performance in that movie as Johnny Utah is so good. I mean, it's Keanu Reeves doing Keanu Reeves, you know, so it's not Oscar worthy, obviously. But he did a really good job in that film. And I'm not sure what timeline these two films fell between, which came first. But uh, I just think he was horribly miscast for this. I, I guess that's my issue. Well, there there were others that said that after the fact. I think even Coppola said that, that he, yeah. this was probably not the best choice of role for him. Right. But I, I appreciate what he did, but it's just, I can't watch this film and not laugh at some of his line deliveries. Having said that, it's <laughs> Keanu Reeves, so I'm not going to talk any shit. Um, but I also think that the writing probably had something to do with it because they gave him fuck all to do in this film. Right, right. Other than go to Transylvania and get sucked on by Monica Bellucci. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad job. I'd right. take that job. But... <laughs> But he didn't have anything to do other than that. Right. I mean, he's he's not even in most of the film. And then in the end, he's just a backup dancer. Okay. <laughs> sort of. This may go back into special effects, but one thing I couldn't understand about his character is what the fuck was going on with his hair? Because he starts off with black hair. I know I brought that up. And then he gets gray hair. Yes. And then he gets full on white hair. Yes. And then goes back to gray hair. Yes. And then it's back to white hair. And then it's back to black hair. Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who was in charge <clears throat> of the wigs? Or hair color or whatever they did. I, I don't know. Maybe he was such a non-entity of a character that they were just like, just fucking wear that one. Nobody's yeah, going to notice. because Travis pointed out at one point, he's like, he looks like Christopher Walken as Max Shrek in Batman Returns. He does. <laughs> he does. I was like, oh my God, he does. Yes, he does. I'm so glad I could help you out with that. You're going to see it every time. Yeah, anyway. every time you watch this movie, you're going to see Keanu, but you're going to hear Walken. You're looking at me the wrong way. <laughs> Bill does it better. Well, beat you to death with a sword ring art. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, all right. So moving on. I think, I think the, you have to give it to Gary Oldman. We're not to him yet. Are we? I mean, who else did you want to talk about? Who do you think? Nah, she didn't have much to do in this film either. <laughs> No. And, and, but what I will say before you get into Gary Oldman is that when you see his performance in this, it's hard to really say that anyone else's was great because his was so good. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where I'm going with that. Like you can't, you, you put his performance up there and that's the one you see. And then you, 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 you unintentionally judge everyone else's based on what he did, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. trying to measure their performance up to his and it's just not going to happen. Now, again, to, if it's, if it's just the tiniest little nitpick, I feel like his accent was kind of all over the place at times also um you could hear where there was inspiration from maybe vampires or dracula past in there but it didn't his accent didn't always feel consistent well i think that's because he wasn't trying to do british he was trying to do romanian oh i or didn't something. say he was trying to do british no but i mean i think that would make it harder i don't even know what romanian sounds like no, i I'm, wouldn't either i know what christopher lee sounded like yeah. <laughs> you know what i, I mean what bella lugosi sounds like yeah but and I'd... you could hear some bella lugosi in there Right. But you can also hear, I heard other vampire accents that I have heard in other media. Right. So um, maybe other people were trying to imitate him, possibly. But um, that itself, though, did not take me out of the performance whatsoever. He, I know Travis always gives me a hard time with saying this, you know, what, you know, the class level of what actors.
actors bring to a role, but this really almost felt Shakespearean, like he was on stage. Like there was just, I I really felt for as little as he had been acting mainstream at the time, like he really schooled everybody else there. Maybe with the exception of Anthony Hopkins, but his performance was just, to me, and I don't have a lot of experience with uh, the portrayals of Dracula, I really think he set the bar. Yeah, he he did a, a fantastic job. Uh, but from what I read, he stayed in character the whole time that they were filming. And it actually, he and Winona didn't get along great because of that. Oh. But they're friends now. So <laughs> um, I think that he was a great choice for this. And there were some other, there were some heavy hitters in there that mm-hmm. were up for this role. Um, Andy Garcia, I you. guess, was considered. No. Hang on. Gabriel Byrne. Oh. Armando Sante. No. Antonio Banderas. I can't see that no. one. No, we've seen him as a vampire before. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's not that I wonderful. don't think so. Vigo, Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> So I don't know. I think he was he would have still been too young at that time. Well, I mean, he, he was Gary Oldman wasn't old. In this. Well, I know he was like 31 or 32 at the time. Yeah. But the way they carry themselves, yeah. I don't think Vigo Mortensen really got to the caliber that he is until later. much later. But Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne might have been really good. Another he, another he, one of my boyfriends for yeah, the he's record. An, he's another one that, <laughs> that he can go there. Would have would have brought some more would have brought class yeah. to it. Definitely. But I'm I'm glad they went with Oldman. Because yeah. I'm I'm an Oldman fan. Oh yeah. Like I said, after this, I think maybe I saw the professional after this, and that's another character of his that's just oh my gosh, that performance is so fucking terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about him. And for me, he is what makes this film ultimately. So, yeah, I don't know that any the, anyone else put forth a performance that was strong enough to carry the film. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But so score score. There, I don't think we'll be on this very long. I, I will say that I thought that it was really good. It was a it gives that very gothic kind of foreboding doom and gloom it was a powerful score and when it was romantic you know the string arrangements and stuff it was very sweet but not a lot to say apart from that um i think like uh, when you have that beginning scene or the closing scene those those numbers are so good like i i really enjoy those the bom, bom, bom. it's so good but uh, um, i'm gonna be a shit okay i feel like in a film like this it would be hard to miss on the score yeah you give put in a gothic orchestra or a choir because choirs are always fucking creepy mm-hmm. and you've got it yeah you know i yeah. mean just just match what the tone of the music to the scene that you're in there's no words so yeah as long for what they did they they aced the assignment yeah. so not much to say beyond that yeah. um apart from that um they had a song specially made for or specially written for the film by annie lennox called love song for a vampire i have been in love with that song since the first time i've heard it it's been on my on my iphone ever since. I love, 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 love it. If you've never listened to it and you're kind of into that kind of gothy, romantic theme, and you're just a fan of Annie, Annie Lennox because her voice is absolutely amazing. I mean, that's why they they got her to do bigger songs like stuff for the Lord of the Rings because the woman just has a terrific voice. So, but that that's pretty much all I have to say on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. So now for once, I feel like I could point out that the score didn't really jump out at me and not feel bad about it. (laughs) So that brings us to quote, kill and scene. Quote, kill and scene. Lord knows we've been talking enough. (laughs) Yes, we have. I'll let you start. Oh, Oh. well, 
<laughs> All right, then. Um, quote, I'm going to pick on Keanu because my favorite one is when he's like, it's the man himself. He's he's grown young. And I'm he's like, grown young. Like, Dude, did they tell you they didn't have enough film for more than one take? Not to mention he's playing the pronoun game. Like, seriously, you couldn't, you couldn't have done it one more time. It's just, it's funny. And that's the reason I, I picked that. Um, Kill is going to be Lucy. And it's got everything to do with the, uh, like the set dressing, her costume, um, the blood. I love the the bright colors, right? You give me flashy lights and bright colors and I'm in. I'm really a child. Um <laughs> Just, Aren't we all? <laughs> just throw some crayons out there. I'm happy. I'm an almost 41-year-old woman child. <laughs> but no, I, I like it. I like the reaction and when she like vomits blood all over oh, Van yeah. Helsing. Oh, yeah. So good. That's just, I, I love I love that kill. And honestly, there's not a ton of them in here. There's not a ton of kills. There's really not. Um, scene is going to be um, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But that's a close second. So my actual <laughs> favorite scene is uh, when they corner Dracula in Mina's God damn it. bedroom. God damn it. And he's in full bat form. And he was like, you can't kill me. He's like, he goes full Hulk. He's like, beauty God. And when he like stomps his foot and sets the cross on fire, <sighs> I was like, yeah. Wood. I, I could have done with more of that in this that film. That gave me wood. <laughs> I could have done with more of that. <sighs> okay. So quote, as if it's any big surprise, is when Dracula tells Mina, I have crossed oceans of time to find you oh does not get any better than that like who doesn't want to be told that? <laughs> so good um but there is a runner-up and i can't i can't even paraphrase it but it's basically like look what your god has done to me so good um kill i'm going to go with dracula's actually um it's a very i don't know it, it feels like a very poignant moment of the film it's the the emotional implications are so so thick um it's very it's a very emotional scene period and i love that we come to his full arc as a character where he has finally found peace so do you did you think that it implied in that final scene that he received some form of salvation i think so i think with the sun shining in on the cross and it healing i think that is what was implied yes um and then watching him in the special effects revert back Back to his former self and then his current self it it was all very very sweet and then mina having to ultimately you know finish him off by the stabbing and then beheading him was was very heavy and then going up to their mural at the top of the ceiling and closing out the film that way i just i thought it was really great um as far as scene travis fucking took my scene <laughs> but that's one of mine as well but i will extend it in that i love the whole bedroom scene but between the two of them of her saying I want you to take me away from this death I don't I don't want to be here anymore and him kind of struggling with himself you know I don't want to condemn you to this life um Travis laughed his entire ass off at that scene because one whoever was making chess pieces in this they do look extremely fake from Keanu's nipple to Gary Oldman's nipple something was wrong with the nipple work on here um but Travis is laughing because while she's drinking his blood he goes into this performance like he's finishing he just got there <laughs> yep. so 
<laughs> Travis <clears throat> laughed at that, and I was like, oh, stop. Yeah. But I love that, that they're having this very erotic moment between the two of them, and then they bust in, and he goes into bat form, and then, yes, yeah, stomps his foot down, cross goes ablaze, and then he slowly backs up into that closet with just the reds of his eyes showing. That whole thing is just amazing. Gonna, I, I love that whole scene. gloss over the part where they're like, rats, he's going to get away. <laughs> And then he turns into a giant pile of rats and gets away. Yeah. Um, there's so many, there's so many good ones. My runner up would definitely be when he first sees her on the crowded streets and he just stands there staring at her and he says, see me. And then she looks over at him. Oh, oh love it. Love it. Love it. So. so did you notice in the scene where the, the rats were escaping? Um, as it shows him like climbing up the wall and over the windowsill. Mm-hmm. And is it Van Helsing that runs over there and like puts his hands on there? I don't know. One, it was one of the guys that's in the room run over there and they like put their hands on the windowsill to lean out. Uh-huh. Had a rat stuck under one of them. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Like, I don't, did he kill that rat? <laughs> did they have to call somebody? Like the rat's agent? <laughs> uh, all right. So I have some, I have a complaint about this film. Okay. But do you want to do your, your final, your MFK before we do that? No, no, no. no. G- give me your, oh no, no. Yeah. You should include that in your final thoughts. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, marry, fuck, or kill Dracula. Um, I'm going to go surprisingly this time. I'm going to go with fuck instead of Mary because it is one that every single time I watch it, I remember why I love it so much, but I can't marry it based on the grounds that I do not keep it in regular rotation it's one that i usually put some years between viewings just because when i do watch it i don't get bored with it i don't it's luster doesn't go away you know so yeah yeah it's a it's a fuck yeah i think it is for me too but i think both for both of us it's it's because this is the i need some alone time movie (laughs) just for different reasons (laughs) shit so it's good (laughs) It's good enough to watch. Um, I'm going to go watch Point Break after this. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, It's just, I don't know. I feel like it would lose something if you watched it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think this is one where you could overdo it. Mm Kind of like the one we're going to talk about at the end of the month. Oh my God. Really easy to overdo that one. By watching it it more than one time is overdoing it. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. No, it's good enough that if you put it on, yeah, I'll watch that again. So are we... Final thoughts. Are we ready for final thoughts? Yeah, you have a complaint. I do have a complaint. I have... Two complaints. Oh. Just two. Okay. Okay. Why is Renfield in this film? And why oh, did they... we didn't talk about Renfield. And why the fuck did they waste Tom Waits on that character? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, have no answers for you. He's. It's the same thing, except he's so far apart from everything else that when he says something funny or does something weird, it's fine. Comedy's fine in that setting because he's in the lunatic asylum. Right. Um. But he shows up, he eats a bug, and then he runs into his cell door <laughs> until he dies. Say, I nearly picked that for my kill because it cracks me up every time because you can tell he's literally just getting a running start and running into the wall yeah. and then running backwards really fast and then running back into the yeah. wall. And we're supposed to believe that he's being pushed into it by green smoke. <laughs> right. But yeah, I almost chose it just because of how hilarious I it just, is. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, you literally could have cast anyone in that role Well, if you weren't going to give him anything to do. One of my, you know, again, with a don't at me moment, one of my favorite portrayals of a Renfield type character is going to be Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When he was doing the Renfield character, I, I love it. It holds such a special place in my heart of the eating of the bugs and then, you know, Dark Master, Bader. The Dark Prince, Bader. Like, if if 
if you know, you know. But the yeah, I really yeah, I I can understand what you meant in that the, he was not utilized to the best of his ability. Right, and I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure Renfield plays a much larger role in the novel, mm-hmm. and I don't know why they minimized it in this. Right, it just it doesn't make sense. And and again, you put Tom Waits in that character, you could have put anyone in there if you weren't going to give him anything to do. Mm-hmm. Like you could have saved some money, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just by switching car insurance by switching to Geico. <laughs> For sure. Um, and the other one is the Stretch Armstrong carriage driver. And I don't know why that bothers me, but it bothers me a lot. Okay. When when Harker is is in D- Dracula's carriage after they just kick him out on the side of the road. They're like, walk, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and the one guy with the weird mask. The guy reach, starts reaching down, right? And uh-huh. you can see this is a logical end of where his arm should be. Uh-huh. And then he just like Freddy Krueger keeps going. <laughs> And you know, he's got his little Nazgul hand, uh-huh. and he like just sort of shoves him into the uh, the carriage. Right. And then apparently he reached the guy's bags, which were on the ground, without getting down. <laughs> so are we implying that there are other supernatural characters in here? I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what the whole blue inferno thing was about. The blue rings in front of the castle? Yeah, yeah I don't know. And I think Mina at some point did something with those two. And I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not clear what those were supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, there's some stuff that was in there. And I feel like it was like, they were sitting around and said, hey, you know, it'd look cool. What if we did this? Yeah. And somebody said, yeah, why not? Fuck it. I, maybe it's something in the novel. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But, but yeah. But final thoughts does it completely ruin your opinion of the film oh absolutely not okay. absolutely not I, it's got enough it's got enough good points that you can kind of overlook because i know the, when we the finished minor it, irritations i know when we finished it i was like so what did you think and you were like it was okay yeah i for some reason i remember it being better than it is okay <laughs> um but i think i don't know i don't know i don't remember really what like i said it's been so long since i watched it for the really real first time mm-hmm. i don't really remember what my first impression was mm-hmm. of it hell i might have thought it was boring Boring. I don't know. But again, you get into it and everything's good. I, I like I like the effects. I like the color. I like Gary Oldman. The rest of it's just sort of, yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you watch it, you're watching it for him. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. So, you want to see Gary Oldman be Dracula. That's why you watch the film. Yeah. Um, I would say um, if you haven't watched it yet and you're a fan of Francis Ford Coppola's other works, I don't feel like those are fair to gauge this on because I... Hmm, the style's completely different as far as I'm concerned. And it the tone, it, it can be a little bit jarring if you're going to watch something like, say, Apocalypse Now and then this. That's, I don't know. that That's the one I was trying to think of um, where he blew the budget yeah. by filming on location. Yeah, it's it, it can be a little bit jarring, I guess. But I would say, however, if you are a fan of that kind, this, this era of film, you know, being the Dracula and Trans- Pennsylvania, old movie monsters. This is definitely worth a watch, even though it's still back from 1992. It is neat to see a more modern lens put on it. Um, if you're a fan of dark romances, this is right up your alley. If you're a fan of Gary Oldman and you haven't seen it, you you, you have to. He just he gives such a terrific performance, and I love it. It's to, to me, it's one of those calm, peaceful movies too that um, I can relax when I watch it. 
it's it's a soothing film it's a comfort film so yeah definitely check it out if you've not already seen it so on that note we just took a more or less serious vampire film and we're going to follow it up next week with a not so serious vampire film <laughs> so if you know me not so much travis but if you know me you know that i'm a huge fan of tales from the crypt we've covered it in our, our patron content um i am also a big lover of the films this one does not have as shining of a reputation as what i would say demon knight does well, it has a reputation just not a <laughs> It's not a good one. It's still, for me, it is a guilty pleasure film. I love watching it. I love quoting it. I fucking love Dennis Miller, and I'll get into that more. Um, But next week, we are going to be covering Tales from the Crypt Presents Bordello of Blood. So I'm down. Titties and gore, vampires. And Corey Feldman. And Chris Sarandon. Like, what more can you ask for? I mean, if you you would have told me I had two different Chris Sarandon vampire films to choose from, I'd have been like, right on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but we can't have him twice in sexy months. So. <laughs> you only get one. So, yeah, we've, we'll be talking about that next week. Um, thank you guys for allowing us the opportunity to take a little bit of a break, a uh, chance to rest and, and heal from some shit. Uh, we're excited to be back. We're excited to come back next week and, and talk about some lighter fare. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this month. I'm excited for this season. And yeah, hopefully it's going to take us in some fun directions. Well, now that you've expanded what we can cover, we get to uh, do no, all kinds of weird we shit We are now. not talking surf ninjas. I don't care how many times you try. Damn it. (laughs) But anyway, I'm Ashley. And I'm Travis. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dead and Married. A very special thank you to our patrons, William and Zena Rush of Original Cinematic, Gary Horton, Carissa, Kate Lamp, Karima Rhodes, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, and Renee Hunter-Vasquez, John Paul Vasquez, and Travis Hunter of Podmortem. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash deadandmarried to find out how. Another special thank you to Alana Miller for composing Dead and Married's theme. You can find Alana's channel, Alana Llama, on YouTube. Check us out on X and Instagram at SpookyMom83 and TravisL80, respectively, as well as our official pages. Please consider rating and reviewing, and thank you again again for your support.